good morning to you. Good morning. Faux Friday. Tomorrow's a holiday. Do remember that. Oh. Is that like folks? It is. Folks <laughs> As Friday. it's spelled. Absolutely. I don't know where to begin with you today, Steve. Oh, it's, it's like it, the, the Vines fairy has come it, along it's, and sprinkled it's, us it's with the his... week that, like, that, that can't, can't stop giving. Shall we start with our good friends in the Audit Commission? Right, because there's a couple of things from them. And before we go anywhere, I want to tell you, this is official, mega is a unit prefix in the metric system donating denoting, donating, a factor of one million. That means ten to the power of six. It doesn't mean yay, big. It's kind of colloquially been... It's been mathematics. Become so so all I can assume is because it doesn't mean anything in the terms of the Mega Events Fund, they don't have to do anything. This is your way of leading into the Mega Events Fund <laughs> it saga. Is. It is. I've got so, well, well done. Thank you. Um, listeners, are you better informed now? Yeah, they listen to RTHK News. Of course they're informed. Of course they are. Of course they are. Well, now, here's the thing. These people... Um, have spent $250 million of our money since, um, I think it's in the last five years, and they've claimed to have generated all these jobs, and they've claimed to have generated all this tourism trade. So the boys from the... Um, 2009. 2009. Yeah, it was about five years ago, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so the boys from the um, Audit Commission have looked into this and they said, well, you dig down into some of these claims they make. For example, the, 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 the jobs they claim to have created for the, um, the, the Dragon and Lion Dance Festival. 400 of those were for primary school students. Well, they deserve a good, they deserve a good time too. <laughs> you know. They can't then, afford to go to kindergarten then, anymore. Then they might get, as well have a lion then dance. Then you get the number of attendees and that includes passers-by, because, you know, if you have, have sort of an event that's in the open air, you count all the people in Hong Kong and divide it by two, and you say, well, they were all walking around, so they must have attended it. I mean, in other words... But the police said there were three. Uh, the police <laughs> said there were three, because one of them was a Democrat. That's right. <laughs> so um, you have this extraordinary situation where... And and this this thing almost perfectly epitomises how things are done in Hong Kong. A committee is set up to set up a committee. to set up a committee, and the committee says, you know, we must to get Hong Kong on the map. We must have these big events, and Mega. what we'll do is we'll appoint. Oh yeah, we'll we'll appoint. Jeffrey Lamb, because he's chairman of many, many committees. Knows how to do knows it. Knows how to be a chairman of a committee. He's a member of Exco. He's a safe pair of hands. We'll appoint with him a whole lot of people who, who love to say yes to the bosses, and they'll all sit there going, no, 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 no. So we'll have a whole, whole committee full of people who've got no idea what they're doing whatsoever. They will then... Um, Organise events. Well, they won't actually, because somebody else will do it. But they're not sort supposed of... to organise events, are they? They're no, supposed to cough up for other spo- people's well, events. That's what I was going to say. They're, they're, they'll approve the funds for other chaps to organise these not. events. So you know, apparently, overwhelmingly, the suggestions that have been put to them have been knocked back because they've focused all this cash on on a few big events, which, by all accounts, have have had well. Sorry, Steve. Where were you when the Lion uh, lion and Dragon Dance Festival was going on? Um, you know, I mean, it's very interesting. All of these events, um, and I hate to use this term, but of course I will, seem to be verging on the politically correctness spectrum of things. When you get an application from a genuinely international event like the Cricket Sixes, <laughs> which, you know... This in, is real, in, by the way. Which actually um, has teams from... 
You know that place called Abroad? That's the one outside of outside Hong Kong. Outside Hong Kong, yes. No. They have teams from Abroad take part in I this. I see. Uh, that was not back on the grounds that how could you call that a, a, a mega event? How could you say that needed public funds? So when you get something like that, they knocked all of that back. There were lots of quite interesting arts initiatives, and some of them were too small. This is what I really love about this, is, you know, if you've got public money, it, you just throw it around in big bunches. Don't don't think that you can create any impression with anything don't too small. Don't fiddle around. Don't fiddle around with our, our money, chaps. So this whole thing is quite clearly a total, total waste of time. And you will say, and I'm sure the government will say, oh, 250 million, goodness me, we can fritter away much larger sums than that. Let's not, let's not get fixated by these tiny little sums. Well, you know, I'm just an average punter, but I think $250 million is quite a lot of money. I also think the whole nonsense that surrounds the way these things are done, this absolutely epitomises the way things are done by the bureaucracy. As you say, set up a committee to set up a committee. The committee then uh, is full of all the usual suspects who are on all the other committees who have no particular knowledge of this sort of stuff, but that doesn't matter because they're good, solid chaps, and they are mainly chaps. There's a few chap S's, but let's not get hung, hung up by those. Same lodge, DAB. <laughs> So they sit there and they 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 go oh yes very lined have one of those um, flower festival flowers yeah, very good very good flowers <laughs> and and here you go it's it's I I I was going to say I'm speechless but that doesn't sound too good on radio. <laughs> So we won't do speeches on the radio because it creates empty space and nobody likes that sort of thing. Um, you know, you, you, you can rely on members of the committee. But, but I'm very reassured because Geoffrey Lamb, who's the chairman and is a member of Exco and is the chairman of 500 other committees, and bar. said, and, and, and this, I think, was the killer response to all this, oh, well, we followed procedures. Well, there you go. So there you go. Now, said, next. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? You can't make this stuff up, actually. Mega events. Mega events. So, uh, uh, you know, I mean, of course, we all know about the biggest of the mega, mega events, which um, was, of course, Harbourfest, which which was uh, truly wonderful in its own way. Got a massive but, spooning, but, though, but, didn't but it? It, you know, it, just, it just it didn't do, do what it said on the tin. It was supposed to help Hong Kong recover after SARS. It was so long after SARS that most people had already forgotten about SARS. And, you know... Um, why the government had to invite the Rolling Stones to, to Hong Kong when they showed in Macau that a private company can invite the Rolling Stones and but it has the same effect. they didn't get paid as much in Macau, though. They, I'm sure they didn't get paid as much because they weren't dealing with Jeffrey Lamb-type people who, who were told, ooh, ooh, we usually have seven million per minute. Um, oh, really? Oh, OK, seven million per minute. That sounds good to me. I'm, I'm a major league pop promoter. I once, well, I once had a record. I mean, who who has... You've said dragon dances and flower festivals and stuff. Fair enough. But who has benefited from this mega-events fund in an international kind of vibe thing? Uh, no one. That's the whole point. It just doesn't do what it says on the tin. Who's on the tin, it's supposed to say this will draw tourists into Hong Kong, create jobs. Well, number one, Hong Kong has... No real unemployment problem. So creating jobs is, a, is an aspiration which has nothing to do with the reality of the employment situation. So that's a pile of horlicks to start with. Drawing in tourists, oh, I don't know. Do you know, 
it's kind of boring to say so, but tourists actually come here for shopping and they come here That's to That's the eat. thing. They don't like cricket and they don't and like they, rugby. They, With these... Tourists, you're talking about. Of course, you mean tourists from all over the world, don't you? Well, that's apparently what it means. Yeah. But nobody from the mainland plains cricket, so we can't include them. But, you know, when we do have a lot of tourists here, everyone moans and groans and says, Oh, all these people come in from the mainland and they block up the shops and they make Causeway Bay, you know, terrible place to go. And as for Mong Kong, oh, goodness me, I'm not going yeah. there. Well, you know, sort it out, boys. Either you do want them or you don't want them. Either you do think it's a good idea for people to come here for the things that they come here for, or you just create these ludicrous committees dishing out dosh to well, to events that frankly are neither here nor there. I've I've got nothing against events. I've got nothing against dragon dances and lion dances. But you know, they they occur where I live in Sai Kung on the street and I kind of like them there. I don't think they require millions of dollars. Yeah, the fourteen K Lion Dance Company. Sorry, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Well what is your point? Let's take it in a slightly different level here. If you want to get in touch with Steve Morning Brew at RTHK HK now uh, sport. It does take us down the avenue of sport. Now, what about all that nonsense of the Olympic bods getting re-elected and their mates and their brothers and their sons getting re-elected? Is, Going off to the Winter it... Olympics without a doctor and that poor bloke had to retract his criticism. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's our old friend Timothy Fock who runs all of that, who, who by... Uh, I don't know how he managed to do this, but apparently his son is now involved. I mean, all you know, of their sons this is and the mates sort of thing involved. that gives nepotism a bad name. It's not, yeah. Honestly, you, I mean, it's just rotten from top to bottom. It really is. You've got to clear it all out. Well, it's not going to happen because the way the Hong Kong system works is there's very little accountability. In some areas, there's glaringly no accountability. But there's a mentality from the people who run the government that everything has to be a so-called safe pair of hands. So, for example, when you have this kind of committee. You don't put Hong Kong's most creative minds on it because they might have all sorts of crazy new ideas. And gosh, that's just a nightmare. Why not have people who have an absolutely unbroken track record for have, never having had an original thought in their lives? Get them the job. Give them the job. I think so. Or Sounds if perfect. it's the Olympic Committee, you give it to somebody called Fogg because yep. that's his father did it, he's doing it, his son's going to do it. I mean, hey, it's only public money. Oh, who cares about them? Yeah. Uh, the Audit Commission, in another smaller story on Wednesday, criticised various government departments for taking too long <coughs> to recruit staff. It said the delays have been made... It's made them less than competitive in the private sector. Mm, yes, yes. Well, I mean, everybody knows how streamlined the civil service is. If you ever apply for a job in the I Hong Kong civil service... I can tell you some amazing service, things, but I think I shouldn't... It, it, <laughs> Apparently, it, it's an absolute epitome of efficiency. Uh, am I wrong there? Is, have no, I got, you're kind of on the... I, am I on the wrong track in some way? Yep. I mean, OK, you have to fill in 3,000 forms and you go to one board of uh, this and then they refer it to that and then there's a delay while it goes to here. But, you know, honestly, that's how it works in the private sector. Brackets, not. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I hire staff. Somebody comes along for an interview and I I'll say... I'll have you. Done. Yeah, bye. Yeah. Next. <laughs> uh, this 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 is fairly. I think we have in my company we have a maximum of two interviews, and if 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 we haven't found or not found the person after that level of interviewing, it's it's next. not the get, in... get on with the job. It's not so much the interviews in the government; it's all the other stuff, mm, the paper filling, tests, and ah, tests. waiting, and tests. Yes. Well, you know, stuff. I mean, the fact of the matter is that the civil services Hong Kong, by far Hong Kong's biggest single employer. 
So it is a big bureaucracy. And, of course, the way to handle big bureaucracies, as everybody who can read or write knows, is to make them into federal bureaucracies. In other words, to break them down and not centralise everything. But in Hong Kong, everything is centralised. So, you know, instead of saying, for example, that and I give a very random example here, that a broadcasting station has... It's pretty diff- random, Steve. It is, it is. It, it doesn't get more random than that. Has different requirements than, oh, say, no, the water authority. Then um, you are told, oh, no, but we've got a system and it works right across the Steve, board. just in theory, just <laughs> in theory... We're, t- we're only talking you in theory. smashed the living daylights out of the nail on the head yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, but it is the Obliterated, problem. Obliterated, in fact. Yeah, <laughs> but it is really the problem. I mean, you know, the, the, there's kind of, if you want to read the literature, and goodness me, it's boring enough, but there is loads of management literature out there that just tells you that the only way to get big bureaucracies to work is to really start chopping them down to individual units. But, yeah. of course, here we do it the other way, so that's all right. We have a little memory jogger for you. It's a story of efficiency and resilience and always coming through. I want you to listen to this. This is the night mail crossing the border, bringing the check and the postal order. Letters for the rich, letters for the poor, the shop at the corner of the girl next door. Pulling up, B took a steady climb, the gradients against her, but she's on time. You get a picture, though, don't you? Uh, That's our friend Mr Auden, I believe. It is. Yes, yes. Mr Auden talking about delivery of the mail and sort of delivering things on time in in a train, which I believe is a way, a circuitous way, of getting into the MTR story. And because I wanted to play that. And because that's quite <laughs> quite a nice thing to listen to, yes, and why not? But um, as anybody who can read and write will know, the MTR has now announced that there'll be something like a two-year delay in completing this fabulously needed line from Express Link to, to Guangzhou and blah, blah, blah. Well, the thing about it blah, is... Blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. Well, honestly, Phil, you're so pedantic. It's only <laughs> billions plus billions of public money. I don't really know why anybody bothers. But anyway, but but what I love about this is I think those boys at the MTR have been busy watching Yes Minister because they've done the absolute classic Yes Minister trick. So apparently, and this is uh, thanks to a um, RTHK piece of investigative journalism, found out that as early as January... They were already circulating information about how the, amongst themselves amongst themselves about how this delay would happen. But suddenly this week they discovered that there was flooding and the digger and, got and wet, the flooding had had um, affected the tunnel boring machine. Now let's let's go back to yes, minister. You can just um, um, imagine Sir Humphrey telling the minister, minister, we're a little delayed with this project now the weather's been awful so what we're going to do is blame everything on the weather don't you worry i know yes yes i know there's there's lots of other things wrong and we we, we've sort of fouled up but we haven't really fouled it up it's all fine but what we'll say is it's the fault of the weather and nobody can argue with that oh 
Oh, actually, that's exactly what the MTR has said. But what I love about it is then you've got the... And now you've got to laugh. The minister responsible for this says, Oh, nobody told me about this. And you think, nobody told you about this? Why did you ask? Aren't you the minister responsible for transport? That's Anthony Jung, incidentally. I mean, didn't you sit in your office and say, This is a whacking great big project. Why haven't I got reports on my desk every week telling me how it's going? Well, I didn't ask, therefore it's not my fault. It's them over there. Oh, and the people at the... I, I notice already members of the MTR Corporation Board are going, Oh, nobody told us anything. Oh, excuse me, boys. That's what your job is, to find out, not wait until somebody deigns to tell you that there's a problem. So this is a two-year delay. I think two years is quite a big delay. But, hey, what do I know about civil engineering projects? Oh, of course, others have been delayed, so this is all right. Well, that, that's a perfectly satisfactory explanation. Obvious this one, though, isn't it? It is. But I love the way that they've rolled it all in. I mean, if, if you are a devotee of Yes Minister, as I am... Me too. ..and I can watch that programme more times than I've had hot cups of tea, you can just see exactly this happening as to how a ministerial gaffe can be covered up. And this is, by all, by all um, impressions, this is the classic. You know, it's a very big project. Many things can go wrong. I do appreciate that. And I'm sure the weather played a part. But the, the, the whole thing of rolling it all into one thing, yeah. rather than saying that there's been incompetence in management of this big project, which seems to be the real story... Oh, we can't have that. And, and the, well, I mean, the sheer gall of Anthony Jung, the minister responsible for transport, saying, well, nobody told me. I, I mean, that's, that's not an excuse that in any kind of representative government would be acceptable because everybody would immediately shout at him, well, it's, it's your job to be informed. It's not your job to wait there. And, uh, waiting for the phone uh, to uh, uh, sitting there with the, a cup of tea wait, looking yeah, at his so, mobile. Oh, I, I say, I say, oh, the weather in Guatemala's good. Oh, well, there's something here about the MTR. I'll look at that as well. There's another thing that cracks me up. They were talking <laughs> about this on Backchat this morning, and uh, somebody got onto the subject of, quote, the big hole underneath West Kowloon, where they're going to park trains when they're not used. Yes. This was at the end of Backchat. Now, this cracks me up. Totally different topic. So you're going to have trains... And I know the West Kowloon guys have got an answer for all of this. You're going to have trains this is under the, un underneath under the cultural. What's going to be on father, top? Yes. What's going to be on top? Cultural centre. Yeah, that means theatres and yes. concert halls. You're thinking there might be a bit of noise. Are you? Well, I remember somebody asking the West Kowloon boys about this one, and the answer was, "Oh, by the time the trains get to that bit, they'll have slowed down." <laughs> I blag you not. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. I, I ain't no civil engineer, so anyway, I don't know how they do issue. this stuff. But uh, I don't know. I mean, as as uh, I'm, I'm no acoustician, Steve. No, but. no, I can't even spell it, let alone say it. <laughs> no, uh, honestly. Uh, well, but we've also we've got another um, big topic. Well, I mean, it is. It seems like a small topic, but it is a big topic, um, which is raised in an email from Chris. It's about this um, top kids kindergarten in Tinsoi Wai that's had to move out because they can't uh, afford the 
the enormous rent increase that the landlords are charging. I thought you were going to say they can't afford the tea money. <laughs> well, Tinsoy of as we know, is a very wonderful place. He says, a kindergarten charging several thousand dollars per child should be making a lot of money. This should provide a good salary for teachers, non-teaching staff and management, a reasonable profit for the owners and a decent cut for the property owners by way of rent. The salary owners should have disposable income, which could go back into the economy, thus raising the economy overall. In the current situation, the, rem- the rent demands are so high that the salary-earning staff are squeezed to keep costs down, assuming that the owners insist on taking their share, though at these rents, even they may be squeezed. The money goes into the hands of the property owners and so does not go back into the economy. Um... And he's saying, you know, this, is, this isn't just applying to this situation, but it applies throughout the piece. I think there's, there's little doubt now that, that the, um, the enormous um, monopolies that control the property market have quite clearly made it very hard for most people to operate businesses in Hong Kong, yet somehow... Going down like flies, Steve, especially the small ones. Exactly. But I think this thing of the kindergarten is really interesting because... Hong Kong is the most peculiar of places. When it comes to higher levels of education, it's assumed, and rightly so in my view, that the state will provide universities, will provide vocational training centres, or IVs as they're now called, Institutes of Vocational Education. It's assumed that at that level, in other words, tertiary education, all of that will be provided by the state. But the crucial stage of a child's development the very first time they enter the educational system in Hong Kong, the state barely provides. And these kids have to go, or their parents have to scrape together the money to send them to kindergartens. And there's no guarantee of quality when they get there. And that's the point. So there's nothing wrong. I have no objection whatsoever to the private sector operating in kindergartens or indeed in secondary schools. I don't see any problem with that. But the fact of the matter is... Why on earth is there not better provision of kindergarten spaces for children? <laughs> I mean, for young children. I don't get it. I really don't get it. You can, you can do it for universities and you can't do it for the formative years of education, the crucial years of education. Brilliant. So you, you have to go into these shopping centres like, um, like this Top Kids or whatever it's called. Um, oh, it is called Top Kids. <laughs> Top Kids. Top Kids. And, you know, then you're, you're subject to the vagaries of rapacious landlords. Now, in fact, what's happening in this particular situation in Tin Soi Wai is another kindergarten is going to open there, presumably will charge even more ludicrous uh, uh, fees really? to the parents. Uh, I, I'm just guessing. And, you know, for very hard-working parents, and believe me, people who live in Tin Soi Wai are not the richest members of the Hong Kong community, they're going to be fair, much more squeezed. And it is a good result because I always have sleepless nights wondering whether these big property developers are getting enough profit. And it's very reassuring to know that they will be. It's, it's, honestly, it's a weight off my mind. The whole thing about kindergartens is really... I mean, if you're not a parent, it cracks me up. So a friend of mine's got a little niece. I don't think she's two years old yet. And my friend says... Oh, yeah, she went for her first interview. I know, I know, it's did incredible. They, did they meet for drinks afterwards? Yeah, yeah. Uh, first uh, interview, she's she, 18 months was old. Was she wearing a tie? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she didn't pass her first interview. Oh. I mean, it, but, I mean, isn't there something basically wrong with the system here? That, that 
the level at which everybody knows it's very crucial for child's development isn't more comprehensively taken care of by the state. I, 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 just, I just find it staggering that they're not pouring resources into that end of the educational sector. Well, but, of course, maybe you know... Maybe it's considered an alternative, or... No, know, I, I, I think didn't it's go to one. I, I went to a state kindergarten. I didn't go to one at all. Does <laughs> oh, it show? <laughs> it does, actually, yes. Yeah, you 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 want to learn reading and writing? You reading do. Reading and writing, being nice to people. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean you know it's just bonkers. It really <laughs> is. But you know it, the reason why they put money into universities, particularly, is because it's all to do with prestige. And then you know you have so the so and so building. Well, it's not for the for the big tycoons that you you don't find the Li Ka Shing public kindergarten in Tin Soi Wai. I can assure you of that. Well, you send them to Marlborough well, Light. Or no, Marlboro but you, you Light. do see the <laughs> Li Kaohsiung this and that building, the Li Xiaoqi this and that building yeah. in, in, in universities. And, you know, um, that's where the money goes. I, I, I mean, I, it's not an either-or. I'm not saying you don't finance universities. What I am saying is that in the pot, you find some money for this crucial area of education, and you do it. It's not difficult. You just do it. Anyway, they ain't going to, so... <laughs> so it's just become like any other business. It's, it is know, a business, of course. So just... you can't blame the people who run the business for wanting to make a profit. I mean, again, I don't, I don't take exception to that. But it, it's the idea that, that somehow the state should wash its hands of responsibility for kindergarten education. Yeah. Because it... it only, do you know what? And I think I'm going to disclose some information here that most people don't know. Only small children go to kindergartens. 